Growing up in Decatur, Alabama, Cynthia Bailey knew that one day she would be a star. The 18-year-old model made her way to New York City and signed with major modeling agency Wilhelmina Models with a five-year contract. Cynthia will land covers of all kinds of magazines, from Ebony to Essence, Vogue, Elle, Glamour, and more. Her modeling career began to take this new supermodel to different countries like Paris, Milan, and others. In 2001, Cynthia was shot alongside of Naomi Campbell, Tyra Banks, Beverly Johnson, and Iman for an iconic black supermodel cover of Vanity Fair by famed photographer Annie Leibovitz. 10 years ago, Cynthia decided to join the cast of Bravo hit show The Real Housewives of Atlanta to just do something different and see what happens. Beyond many other things, Entrepreneur was added to her title, and with a modeling agency of her own, accessory line, and now Bailey Sellers, Cynthia Bailey has made her way and made a mark on the fashion industry and on the culture of Black women. While a portion of her life was on reality television, we teamed up with our friend DJ Richie Sky from YouTube show Reality Talk with Richie Sky to find out more about who Cynthia really is. So kick back and relax. You are now listening to Suave Sessions with Cynthia Bailey. know you from housewives of atlanta to start but you had a very prominent modeling career before then um what made you want to take your life onto reality television honestly i didn't know if i wanted to do that it just kind of came up i decided you know at the time i was with my now ex-husband he lived in atlanta i was still living in new york city and once the relationship became super serious you know, we had to decide who's moving where. So we decided that I would move to Atlanta. And once I did move to Atlanta, it just kept coming up, you know, different casting um, agents, you know, kept, you know, trying to fill it out, like wondering if I would be open to having an interview. And at the time, again, I never thought in a million years when I moved to Atlanta that I would end up on the Real House of Atlanta. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just keeping it all the way 100. And then even when I did decide to take an interview, um, I didn't even really know how it worked. I didn't know if they had cameras in your house the whole time. Like, I didn't know anything about reality te television. Because, again, like you said, like, my career really was, um, modeling, you know, I modeled very successfully for many years, and I was still modeling when I moved yeah. to Atlanta. I had, you know, some very stable clients that I was flying back and forth to do shoots and stuff with. So it just happened. An interview turned into a screen test, to another screen test, and then they told me uh, I came on the same year as Favorite Parts came on. And mm -hmm. at the time, even by the time they even started talking to me, it was already in the blog that she was going to be joining the show. And, um, you know, I had never met Phaedra. I didn't know Phaedra again. I was, you know, still new to Atlanta. So with that right. said, they ended up, you know, pretty much saying, hey, you know what? You know, you seem pretty interesting. They really, at that time, wanted to show women that were more, um, 
you know, women that just were self-made, you know, it wasn't, you didn't have to be attached to anybody that had money or whatever. Um, yeah. Just a successful black woman on her own. And, and that pretty much was my story. You know, I had a lifestyle. It was more of a New York lifestyle. But mama had a lifestyle now, okay? <laughs> you guys don't never get to see that on the show, but I had lived my life, okay? Please believe that. And you know, right. if you do it in New York, it don't even matter about the other places. So with that said, they ended up, I remember them telling me that they liked Phaedra and I both, that at the end, they would pick a housewife and whoever... Had the, but whoever had the stronger storyline would have, be the housewife and the other person would be the friend. So I was like, all right, well, cool. Let's see what happens. And it just turned out, you know, we both started filming and it turned out that Phaedra and I were so different from each other and brought so many different things to the table yeah. that I didn't even know I was going to be, I didn't know what was going to happen. And then when Bravo got ready to announce it, they announced us both. And I was like, oh shit, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, here we go, here we go. And I, I will say, you know, ignorance was bliss a lot, was a blessing for me first season because I didn't know what I was doing. Like, you know, I'm a you know, pretty non-conflict person. I ain't really got no drama. I'm thinking, hey, I'm just gonna go over and be nice to these ladies. They gotta love me. They gotta think I'm awesome. And <laughs> when I tell you, some of them roll me out. <laughs> I am all kind of crazy. To the point, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? And of course, you know, you have your friends saying, you know, at that time, you know, the reputation of the show wasn't always positive. And, you know, a lot of my crew, my village was like, girl, I'm going to be want to go on a reality show. You, know, <laughs> you have such a great name, a great reputation. And again, I was doing great. I was doing fine before before the show. Yeah. And uh, I decided, you know, being the happy little Pisces that I am, you know what? Let me just see what this is. Let me step outside of my box and see what happens. And now it's been over a decade. And here I am talking to you guys. Wow. Did, did you ever feel, because I feel like, a lot of people, and even me, myself included, think sometimes, oh, we need the housewife that's doing the most and having the most drama. And in watching this season, I found you to be the most relatable. Like, I feel like if you're an auntie, I'm an uncle because I find myself <laughs> relating to you the most and you have the most hilarious scenes. And so I'm just now I'm listening and hearing this this moment that it was going to be between you and Phaedra mm -hmm. at the time. Did you feel pressure to perform or anything like that? Because I never got that I, from you. You know what? I didn't. And that's because I didn't know. Like, Bravo never said, hey, we need you to come over here and turn off and, and be this outrageous person. Like, I was me. I never really thought I was right for reality TV because, again, oh. I knew I was never going to be the one. Uh, bringing the most drama. I, I'm a reasonable person. I got plenty of sense over here. Uh, I I don't really like conflict. And if we do have an issue, then I'd like to resolve it. If we can, can we sit out and have a drink in a conversation? So I never, the reason that I think I have been successful on this show is because I've only just been me on the show. I've given you Cynthia Bailey, whether you think I'm the most exciting or the most boring one on the planet. <laughs> I'm authentically me. <laughs> right. And that's all you're going to get. And it must be working for me because it's been over 10 years now. And, and with that comes that respect from the network. They don't expect me to be anything else. Like, I'm having fun. Like, season 13 for me, I'm at a happy place in my life. I found love again. I... I I show up to work every season when my contract comes in on time, every season, by the way, on time, because it's always a rumor every year for the past 11 years that I'm not coming back. 
And I've always won the first one. <laughs> 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 when I tell you my, my letter came, my letter comes in on time every season. And, I, and the ironic thing about that, I've never been a friend. I've never had my peach taken. I've never been, I've never even had, I've never even had a call from your network saying, hey, we, we think you need a little bit more story or we don't think you're given enough. I've never been in jeopardy of ever losing my job, to be honest. And that's been a blessing. And it's just so funny. Every season, like clockwork, I'm the first one they say that's not coming back. And now the gag is that Candy and I have actually are the two housewives that have been on the show the longest, the most consistently as a future. Wow. You know, and I have been that person that said, oh, she's not going to come back. But <laughs> I've been, and let me say this, I've been wrong because what I've discovered is I feel like you're the heart of the show. Thank you. You know, a lot of yeah. people say that, you know, there has to be balance on the show. Mm -hmm. And one thing about me is I am not a character. I am not a desperate person to do the most for television. I'm going to give you me. And what you see on what you see on this reality show is consistent to what you will see in my real life. In real life, I really live out here on this lake. I really still do drive my little 2016 Land Rover. I know y'all tired of seeing it. I'm actually going to the car this year. Keep but your I, car. I don't my car. I, I did already pay that off. But I'm going to go and get a new one because I actually got a new one that I like. It ain't going to be no Rolls Royce and no Bentley in it because I'm not the kind of person I don't drive cars like that. That's just not, I'm not yeah. a flashy person, you know. And, and, and not to knock anybody that wants to drive one, you know, to each his own. That's just not my style. I'd be, I, I mean, honey, I would be parking. If, when I went to the grocery store, if I was bro broke up in a Rolls Royce, I would park five miles from the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, uh-uh. Worried about somebody stealing it. I wouldn't get no rest. So, so I've always just been very relatable, down to earth. I think I'm always, you know, pretty much in a good place with most of the ladies on the show. Um, you know, these ladies always come through for me. They always support everything I do. You know, I go back and forth with some of them, but that's just any sisterhood. You know, even my bachelorette party, like these girls came through. They dressed as complete strippers. I mean, all this was <laughs> in celebration of my new marriage, the wedding that was getting ready to come up that you guys will see at some point. You know, the engagement party, you know, they show up for me. A lot of times when some of the cast members have stuff, half of the people be like, hang on a bit stuff. I'm just like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. And if it's a Cynthia Bailey moment, I ain't got no problem when I'm coming to the Bailey queue, the Bailey bowl, the wine cellar, anything that I do, they they celebrate me. You know, they shady, but at the end of the day, there's love there. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, I feel like reality television puts so much of your life in front of the world. Do you ever feel like it's too much or there's too much kickback from having that much exposure like reality television has messed up relationships or messed up friendships? Have you ever been in that situation or felt that way rather? I think that it definitely, you know, it's, it's a little bit of pressure. I'm not going to deny that. But at the same time, I think if somebody's your friend, then they can ride with you. They can go through those ups and downs with you. You know what I'm saying? If it's real, then you can get through it. You know, in my relationships, you know, my ex-husband and I, you know, we, we had issues from the beginning. So I'm, I'm never going to say this show broke us up. You know, I can honestly say if I was never on this show, I would not be with my ex right now. We just were not compatible. A lot of great things came out of my relationship. I will never, ever um, 
disrespect that relationship because I wouldn't even be in Atlanta if it wasn't for that relationship. You know what right. I'm saying? He was the reason why I even moved to Atlanta. And quite honestly, he also encouraged me to even take the audition for the show. Uh, not the audition, but the interview for the show. So that was supposed to be a part of my journey. That was supposed to be a part of my story. So with that said, you know, this show cannot do if you if you don't have a solid foundation, if your heart is not in it the way it's supposed to be, if it's not 100% real and authentic, if there's cracks in the foundation, it's going to break. If your foundation is solid, you're good. Now, I'm not saying it's, not, it's, it's going to be easy because I'm married now. Four months into my marriage, I've known my husband for three years. And, you know, this definitely seems like this whole scene last week, the stripper gate scene. Like, I came home and told Mike everything I could remember. <laughs> but I could remember everything. Because there was a lot of Hennessy going on, a lot of Tito's. So I was like, yeah, this is what happened. And baby, when he watched the show, he was like, uh, you did not. <laughs> and I felt like TT was kind of, you know, I was kind of well behaved. I felt like, and you know, usually for a bachelorette party, this is my first bachelorette party. I had so much drama going on with my first wedding. We didn't even have a bachelorette. You know, I didn't even have a bachelorette party. But usually from what I see on TV, the bachelorette is the one flipping on the table. On the and all that stuff. <laughs> but thank God my girls took that pressure off me. They were happy to step in my place. So, but with that said, you know, I think one of the interesting things for me being in that moment and shout out to Candy Bear's Tucker for throwing me the bachelorette party of the, of the decade for sure. Yeah. Um, was trying to figure out, as a newlywed at that time, again, I think the wedding was probably two weeks after we came back from South Carolina. Um, what's, I mean, you know, I just turned 54 last week. So what? Congratulations. Happy I, birthday. Thank you. Thank Happy you so birthday. much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, for me, I was trying to figure out, well, what's appropriate? Like, you know, I'm getting ready to get married in two weeks. Like, can I, like, what, 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 what are the rules for a bachelorette party? And I didn't know to do that research because hell, I didn't know I was going to have one. It was a, it was a, it was a, <laughs> a surprise. So yeah. I didn't know. So I was like, okay, I'm sitting here. And at some point you see me in the scene, I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, I guess I should put some money in his uh, underwear. <laughs> uh, is he supposed to be touching on me? Should I go up and fill it? <laughs> so, okay. So that part where you, where you took the money, you put it like on the table and you like kind of like ran back away. <laughs> I fell out laughing. <laughs> it was like, drop, drop, drop. I'm gone. Okay. Like, okay. I did my part and I literally gave him like, counted out like five ones. They were like, and the whole auntie thing just ended up being so funny watching it back because I really was a whole auntie, even from the point where I like packed up some of the pig meat, uh, some of the stuff. And that I was, was my favorite part. I was squeezing the air out of the zip like bag so I could put more in it. Now you know that's your auntie right there. <laughs> they did not just show me squeezing the air out of the zip like bag. I didn't think they were gonna keep that in the show. I was like, why should be packing up? Like I really was low key, like I need to take some of this stuff home to Mike. This is good. No. You know they kept it in there. Hilarious. That was that was a ride or die relationship moment. Like I'm sure Mike enjoyed the fact that you brought that pig home for him. So I did, I did, and was looking for some skins for my mama to bring home. Okay, it's <laughs> hilarious. So how how do you feel with this marriage? Because we're were you and Leon married? No, and then a lot okay. of people don't realize that. Let me go ahead and clear that up. 
Leon and I have our only child together, Noel Robinson, who just turned 21 in November. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never been married. He had never been married before. I've been married twice now. So okay. we were never married, but we were engaged. Okay, gotcha. And living together and all that stuff. You know, we were like actually planning on getting married. And then it just became one of those things where, you know, for me, I just felt like Leon for me was supposed to be a part of my journey, my story, you know, our love um, was like, it almost became brother, sister. Like he is my Pisces brother. Like that is, you know, my spiritual, my spirit animal. But for me, I didn't want to put that pressure on him to feel like we had to get married because I was pregnant and we were going to have a child together. And at that time, I just didn't feel like it was right at that time. So I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm pregnant. You, gotta get, you know, we got to get married now. And trust and believe, yeah. you know, we were getting pressure from both of our parents. Like, y'all need to go ahead and get married. Y'all going to have his baby. And I was like, no, we don't have to get married. Like, he's successful. I'm successful. I believe in great co-parenting. And coming from, you know, parents that did not, were not able to work out their marriages, I don't want to be a part of too many, like, I don't want to be forced in, into anything. And my, my mom actually had me when she was very young. I talk about this a little bit on the show and pretty much had a shotgun with like she had to get married because yeah. that's what they did in Alabama back in those days when you got pregnant and they were not in love. You know, that was our first time having sex. So all of that really stayed with me, especially as the oldest child. You know, I always carried a lot of pressure on myself to not be the mistake that changed the course of my mom's whole life. So I've always felt the pressure to make her proud. And All right. So I know you guys enjoy listening to Suave Sessions while I'm talking to some of my favorite celebrities and interviewing them and finding out more about their lives. But I'm also on a podcast with five of my friends from childhood, and we've been friends for over 30 years. And now we're coming back together as adults and having conversations as grown men from the black perspective. It gets a little funny. There's some of the topics that we talk about, things from relationships uh, for these guys being fathers, husbands. Uh, We talk about police brutality, We talk about um, different things with the music industry, with the fashion industry. We talk about things from music to fashion to culture to what the standards are of being a man, what it's like to have a guy coat. Check us out. Look us up on any podcast platform that you're already listening to right now. It's GQ the podcast. That's G C U E the podcast. Check us out. Have some fun. Come laugh with us. Be like, see, like, it's great that you end up having me so young because look at all the great things um, <laughs> that I'm doing. So this was, you know, because you always feel like, you know, my mom was a beautiful woman. She had her whole life ahead of her. And unfortunately, once she became pregnant with me, she got married and everything changed. So The relationship with your mom was a really... I almost teared up watching you talk to your mom about the possibility of inviting you know, your dad, mm-hmm. how, 
how did you maneuver through that that scene and and getting a resolve with that? Uh, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. Uh, my mom still has a lot of feelings about, you know, there was no real closure or resolution in that relationship. You know, they, you know, divorced or whatever, but I feel like, you know, back then that's not, you know, they, my mom and daddy had therapy and none of that. So, you know, a lot of those things that they went through, you know, they were young. They just made a lot of mistakes. And uh, my mom, I didn't realize, still just was carrying a lot of anger, you know? Yeah. And yeah. my mom is not, you know how, like, you know, black parents are. They ain't, they don't really tell you really what's going on. My mom is not going to be like, hey, you know, this was just on my spirit. I want to tell you how I feel emotionally about this, that, and the other. <laughs> you know, this is how I'm feeling. They, they don't tell you anything. <laughs> they don't do That's that. So, honestly, I was sitting up in the scene looking crazy because I'm like wait a minute you ain't never told me none of this I'm here for like you, we are really getting ready to be on camera right now all this is coming out and you know my mom has always been so loving and supportive of me and everything that I do and my daughter Noelle don't play when it comes to my mom okay because she was very that. instrumental and you know although I had the nannies and stuff in New York because you know, in New York, you know, I had to work after I finished, uh, after I had Noel. So having a nanny is not a luxury. It's, it's a necessity if you are, you know, a, if you're a businesswoman, if you have to go to work. So I had her and my mom was very, very much involved in Noel's life as a child growing up. Noel is like, you know, she's like a second mom to her. So she don't play by her grain. So with that said, you know, we were sitting there and Malvern really trying to help say nothing. I was like, yo, if y'all don't check these cameras now, because we're going way I'll be talking about Kenya's PSA and bringing all that other stuff. All that stuff really did cause a huge rift between the relationship with me and my dad. Because, you know, as the child in the relationship, you always want to be like, okay, y'all chose each other. I'm the product of you guys. Like, I'm not trying to... Mm -hmm you know, hate this man because of what y'all went through. Like, I just want to be in a cool place with him. I understand that you are the person that was there for us. I get, I get that. Like our story is no different from a lot of black stories that, you know, with families and, you know, when it doesn't work out and, you know, the mom is always the one holding it down. But at the same time, okay, even if the man don't come to the way, can I just at least invite him? At this point, I was like, we'll invite him and hopefully he won't damn come. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I can have some peace. So... Yeah, that that scene was. I was dreading that scene. I was dreading that scene because I I remember when the cameras went down. I remember getting in the car and calling Mike, and I was like, "That was a disaster." Like I really, really was. I was really upset, and I was like, "I really like." I was like, "I hate that we even went over there and talked about this." But you know, one of the things, one of the other reasons why I feel like I've been, you know, so successful on this show is I have always been transparent. You know, from from day one, you know, when I was married to my ex and the money ran out, like we honestly did not have money to pay this man to do this wedding. That like we just had hit, you know, we didn't. And I didn't know, you know, I'm not the kind of person that's gonna embellish and act like a lie and act like, oh no, we good over here. And and literally, they come to turn the light. They're coming to turn the light. Like it's it was really a difficult time, but I just had to be honest. And I think for me, just being transparent has been why people find me relatable because I'm like, 
I'm flying private or I'm flying coach. I can do what, what we're doing. The money ran out. Okay, we over here doing this. I'm with you. You know, I always was, you know, supportive of my ex. I always was right there with him, trying to work it out, trying to figure it out. So I'm your girl. Like, I'm the girl. You, everybody wanted Cynthia Bailey in their life as a friend and as a wife and as a sister and as a daughter because I, if I'm with you, I am loyal to a father. I'm going to ride with you. But when I'm done, mama done. So the wheels fell off. Like, okay. <laughs> they off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I think it's amazing that you you do tie your family in and you and your sister um, kind of like went in together with you opening up the winery. Mm -hmm. um, what made you want to do that? Like, why? Why wine? Well, um, I decided to do wine because, you know, I think celebrities, you know, we, we have opportunities to do a lot of different things. For me, I always want to try to do things that's really like, that I can really resonate with, that's organic to me. And one of the things that I really own and embrace is my age. Um, you know, I really think I single-handedly made 20, turning 50 sexy again. Like, I, that was the best <laughs> time of my life. I celebrated the whole yeah. year. I think if anybody, if I never said 50 cent again, they get it. I'm 50. <laughs> I own it. So with that said, you know, I just thought, you know what? I want to open up another business because I am an entrepreneur first and foremost. And I thought, what's grown? What's sexy? You know, what's, um, you know, something that is like, you know, what, what is something that has a culture to it, a history to it? And I decided, you know what? I'm gonna open up a wine cellar because A, I can learn more about wine. I just think, you know, it's just, uh, I just think it's sexy. And, and I'm all about the grown and sexy. You know, I really try to appeal to the people in my kind of age range. And, and, and that's who um, I try to cater to on my Instagram, uh, all of my social media. And it's interesting because I'm always like uh, 45 and up, those are my people. But interestingly enough, 25 and up, follow me. Like the older people don't even follow me that hard. Like the 50s are not even with me. And I was like, oh, this is interesting because I'm not even really checking for the 25, 30 year olds. I'm talking about this other stuff. I'm like, okay, you got to get your fillers, your Botox now. Got to keep your neck smooth. And the reason, you know, it's funny because it came up and I was like, why do these young people follow me? But they follow me because they're like, I'm trying to be, I'm not trying to start fixing stuff when I turn 50. I'm trying to follow you now to start doing preventive stuff so that I don't look. 50 when I when I turn 50 because mm -hmm. it's one thing to be 50 and it's another thing to look 50. It's just, okay. it's a whole nother thing if you look 50. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, it's like, how would I look? Ooh, about 50 something. <laughs> 50 -ish. Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm I think I represent the older ladies well. I think despite the fact that I'm on a reality show, somehow I've managed over a decade to still have integrity, to still have class, to still live in my truth, to have fun, let my hair down, and but just have the boundaries of like, you know, there's always respect, you know, like again, I, I don't, I'm not worried about who's against me. I'm only checking for the people that's with me. And I have a, a huge fan base that you can't tell them nothing about Cynthia Denise Bailey Hill, honey, because <laughs> they are here for all of it. They're here for my little struggle twerk, you know, everything <laughs> that I like to do. <laughs> They want all of it. They're here for Lake Bailey on the hill. You know, I'm wearing them out with, you know, selfies all day, whatever it is. And 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 that's great because at the end of the day, without the fans, you know, without 
you know, the show, it's like, this is the, you know, just imagine that when this ride is over, you know, nothing really, nothing obviously lasts forever. I have a whole, like, you know, because everything on the show repeats and repeats and repeats. I can look back on this, you know, when Mike and I are sitting on in our little rocking chairs at Lake Bale on the Hill or wherever we decide to be or in L.A., whatever happens. And I have created amazing memories on this show, that, yeah. good and bad. Yeah. That I, I never thought I would have this life. I never thought this would be a part of my journey. And I'm enjoying it. And when I turned 50, I said, you know what the hell with this? As long as I'm on this show, I'm going to be having a good time. And wherever it goes, it goes. And for me, the business part of it, you know, being a good example to my daughter and now Mike's daughters, I'm just trying to live my life. I'm just okay. trying to have a good time and make money and just sit out here on the lake and just be happy and just have peace. I love it. It comes through. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's so important because even my castmates, I was just, I actually just, we just had to do a COVID test and I ran into Shamia and we were just talking about, you know, the reunion and stuff coming up. And uh, we were laughing about um, the season finale is actually a Friendsmas that I do here at Lake Bailey. And you guys all see the girls when they come over for the Bailey queue and all that stuff. When I tell you, uh, it's just so, I've set up such a nice life for myself that's not about like, you know, balling out and labels and this like when when the cast comes when they come to lake bailey they know they come this like coming to tt's house like they have a good time we're taking a food and aluminum foil you know what i'm saying it's, it's just i've just really managed to create a quality of life and then found me a man in the process too because i was happy with that mike i'm a hell of a lot happier with him but you know yeah. we all want that peace you know, no matter how old you are, everybody wants that. And by the grace of God, thank you, Jesus. I have figured it out in the midst of a reality show and all the other things that I have going on. And I nice. think that's when you win. That's when you win. That's when you, that's, that's, the, when that's you win. true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was it was it hard for you having your companies during COVID in Atlanta? Like, yes. was it how challenging was that? Because, uh, I mean, a, having a having a winery, I can only imagine Oh, you know, I have a, I open up a winery and an event space at the same time. And both of those need people in it to survive. Mm -hmm. So, but that said, when COVID first hit, we didn't know what the hell was going on. So like everyone else, we had to close everything down. You know, our mayor, Keisha, was not planned. She was like, y'all close it down. We, didn't, we couldn't even film in our businesses for most of the season. Um, so anyway, long story short, it was difficult. Uh, I was lucky enough to push through. Uh, a lot of black businesses were not as small black businesses were not as fortunate. And what I learned was I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I, I'm able to push through. Thank God. Um, uh, keep my staff intact. And, um, it just made me have to figure out, we had to kind of recreate how we did the business. We have a lot more delivery services and stuff now where people can have, you know, contactless, you know, pick up and drop off and all that stuff. So it really made people think outside the box. And a lot of entrepreneurs were created during the pandemic because people lost jobs. People had to figure yeah. it out. And yep. I think one of the things that really bothered me other than, you know, people, you know, dying from COVID was the fact that I was like, wait, so if you don't have a job, because now you can't probably get a job now because it's COVID, how are people feeding their families? So I really, you guys will see on the show where I do a Black-owned business pop-up shop. I started making it my mission to support small Black-owned businesses. You know, the ones that made it, 
you know, the ones that are still struggling to get exposure. If you go on my stories now, every day I'm posting, like people send me stuff and I just post and shout them out. Just trying to get them that exposure. And I definitely yeah. plan on continuing my black owned business pop-up shops. Because when I tell you, as soon as we posted that, I had people from all over the world. I was like, wait a minute, we are in Atlanta. Like I wasn't expecting people from, you know, California and want to come and do a pop-up shop, but everyone has, you know, different products. Social media has changed the game. Um, you know, anything in that lane is something that I resonate with because I'm a hustler at the end of the day. Like when this ends, when housewife ends, trust and believe y'all ain't seen the last of me because I'm still going to be working. I'm going to be on somebody TV doing something <laughs> because I've been doing that since I was 18 years old and that's just yeah. what it is. So I promote and support small black owned businesses because I am a black owned business owner. And when you take care of black people, like by me having businesses, I get to create black jobs for black folks. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that helps the black community and it all just works together. So I personally want to make sure that I do everything that I can to keep the black community, you know, prospering. You're like, we need jobs. And if I'm in a position, yeah. I'm not saying I ain't gonna hire nobody white, but I'm going to mostly have black folks because that's, right. you know, I'm going to take care of my people first. They take right. care of me and I take care of them. And that's how it should be. No, absolutely. Absolutely. After Housewives. Not, no, not even that. If offered the opportunity to do this all-stars housewife, go onto an island that's being talked about right now on social media, would you do it? <laughs> And who would you want from other cities to be on the show with you? Oh, wow. Uh, well, I, Bravo has not officially, officially announced uh, who the first set of All-Stars will be. So I can't really confirm or deny or really get too much into that. I will say that I think from a fan perspective, it is such an amazing idea to incorporate us all. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I get, you know, my fans saying, oh, we want you to go to Beverly Hills sometimes and then come back to Atlanta. Like they love the crossover housewife situation. So I think this is something that is very right on time. I think it's going to be hugely successful. And I think more, I think the way that I think the play is, you know, to have one set go, because it, it'll be, what I do know is it'll be two housewives from each franchise, okay? Okay. So they do a season, then you get two more, you can get two more every time, and you just keep crossing, you know, everyone over, because, you know, it's one thing, like, I, for the most part, I, like I said, I've been over here over 10 years now, so I kind of know these ladies' personalities, you know, we work together, like, I already know, but like, Portia, leave me alone. I already know what, what's getting ready to happen with her. Uh, <laughs> but now we're going into a house with that I don't know. Like, it's nothing like we see them at BravoCon, we see them like at different events and stuff. But now we in a house together for, uh, I think they're gonna, I think it's gonna be like, I don't know, like 10 days, seven days or something like that. That's a whole other situation. I think it's brilliant. I think it's something the fans have been wanting for a long time.
who would have known all of this about Cynthia? I mean, we knew she was on reality TV. We saw the episodes. We saw how her dynamic was with the ladies. But to find out how she got on the show and the way it was a toss-up between her and Phaedra, that was mind-blowing. And now all the things we found out about her personal life, her relationship with her mother, her relationship with Leon, which has always been a speculation, we now know more about Cynthia than we ever had before. I hope you all enjoyed the show. And as always, share this, favorite us, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms under Suave Magazine, rate the show, and download our new app in the Apple stores and Android stores under Suave. Ultimately, keep listening because there's always something more in the mix. As always, y'all stay blessed and stay suave. Peace.